Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much for being here at Grace Community Church this morning. If you are a uh, visitor, we just want to welcome you guys. I'm so excited uh, that you're with us. Um, This Sunday wraps up our seven-week series on the study Ready to Launch, which is Jesus-centered parenting in a child-centered world. It has been a very enlightening uh, study for me, and I know it has been for uh, many as well. Um, The title of my sermon this morning is Don't Pull Your Own Weight. So yesterday, I was uh, playing softball in Spartanburg with uh, several friends of mine. We played all day. It was such a fun time. And this morning, I got up and my body was aching. I was sore. Fact of the matter is, I'm out of shape. Plain and simple. And this is a foreign, this is foreign territory for me. Because in high school, I was a three-sport athlete in probably the best shape I've ever been in. And then in college, I played baseball. So I had this regiment, this workout routine, uh, a team of guys who pushed me to uh, push the limits of my body to make myself stronger. And then the worst possible thing uh, that could happen was that I graduated college. I graduated college and uh, found out that... Nobody pushes you. You just have to do it by yourself. And that is a very difficult discipline uh, to try to master. And so these, these past three, maybe three and a half weeks, I've been getting up in the morning, going to the wild with a, with a few uh, buddies here from Grace. And um, we've been working out. We'll, we'll lift weights, and then we'll do some cardio, play some basketball. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really uh, good trying to get back into shape. Uh, and this past Monday, we were doing uh, chest work, so we, we were doing some bench press. And lifting weights 101 is when you're at the very beginning of your workout, your muscles are fine. You can lift well. You feel so strong, like everything's going good for you, and it's just like you feel on top of the world. And then when you get to your third or fourth set, your muscles get a little bit tired, and you don't feel as strong anymore. So I got to my fourth set. And I had been doing so well up until this point, got to my fourth set, and I had, I believe, like three or four, maybe five reps left on bench press, and I brought the bar down, and it just stopped, and I could not push it back up. And so my buddy Brent Rowe had to reach over me and pull the bar off of me and, and put it back on the rack. So literally, he pulled all of the weight off of me. Now, what would have happened if Brent had not have been there. My arms would have given out and the bar would have come crashing down on me, possibly injuring me. Drew Bryan in the early service said it would kill you. No, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't kill me, but it would injure me uh, really bad. And so, but Brent was there and he pulled that weight off of me. And I'll tell you that story because... The fact of the matter is, we can only take so much weight, not just physically, but also emotionally. This world, there is a, um, a driving force, there is a standard of perfection 
that we see uh, through, through media, through music, through, through all these things, it says that you can reach a level of perfection in certain areas of your life. Now, just going to shout out to all my husbands out there. Um, has your wife ever came home and wanted to tell you a story of her friend Becky, who her husband took her to an all-day spa with manicures and pedicures, flowers around every corner. By the way, my wife does not sound like that. (laughs) Nor am I insinuating that all wives sound like that. That's not what I'm saying. But when you hear those stories, it kind of makes you feel like you failed. Like, this guy's outdone me. Like, I'm a failure. And so for all the parents, maybe you've seen seen the way that other parents... Uh, treat and love on their children so affectionately in front of you and their kids come to kids worship and they sit with their legs crossed and they say yes so yes sir and no sir yes ma'am no ma'am does that make you feel like less of a parent that your kids throwing dodgeballs at kids heads (laughs) like but really though there's a standard that we try to set that the world has has said that we can obtain and it's this level of perfection. But the fact of the matter is, perfection is unobtainable. And so maybe this morning you're sitting in here and as soon as your your kids' feet hit the floor, they begin to argue with you. And your spouse was mad at you this morning over something small. And so you've been frustrated all morning. You were late getting here. You didn't have time to, to fix your hair. You didn't have time to finish your makeup, and then you get here, and then the pastor's up here saying, we need to pray more. We need to read the scripture more. And yet there's mornings like today where you think, I, I can't even hear myself think because my life is so chaotic. Does that make you feel like less of a Christian? The fact is, perfection is unobtainable. And so in this passage, we're going to dive into Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And this is what it says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So in this passage, we see three clear commands that Jesus gives to these people. And the first one is that he says, come to me. So who, who is supposed to come to me? Well, he says right here, he says, come to me all who labor. And so when we think about labor, we think of manual labor, like um, working outside, chopping wood. That's what I think of. Manly, manly activities that are, that are manual uh, labor. And it's natural for us to think that way because in Genesis uh, 2.15, it says that God made Adam to work in the garden. And then because of Adam's disobedience, then God put him out of the garden. He had to work the ground outside of the garden. But because of his disobedience, the consequence was that it was going to be painful. And it was going to be tiresome. And he was going to be exhausted. And so when we think of labor, that's what we think of. But we can't just hold it on just labor 
right there because you think that, okay, well, I labor, I have a job. But we, don't just have, we can't just leave it right there. He also says, all who labor and are heavy laden. You see, heavy laden, uh, the Greek word there means uh, to be burdened, to be, to be weighted down. So in this passage, Jesus uses a specific illustration of yoke. And there are two uh, definitions of yoke. There are two different interpretations. The first one is this uh, wooden plank that goes on the back of the necks of oxen. And there's a, a metal U-shaped rod, I guess, that attaches the neck of the oxen to this wooden plank. And so the yoke, the wooden plank, is attached to some sort of farming equipment, like a plow or something like that, that these ox have to uh, pull with all of their weight and through, through mud and through the ground, and they have to work and pull while the master is commanding them to do these things. And so you can imagine that for this ox, the weight of this uh, plow or whatever it is it's pulling is heavy, and it's burdensome, and it's difficult. It's like trudging through water, but with 10,000 pounds of weight on your back. You can imagine that it would be very, very difficult. And so the other definition of yoke is a rabbi's teaching. And so what we see from these people here, the reason Jesus is speaking to them is because the teaching that they have heard so far is from the Pharisees, who are trying to hold them to this standard of perfection that's called the law. And they have been so degrading to these people. And so uh, the first command here in uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, is a, ve- is, the, is, is a very basic fundamental principle of Christianity. See, he's speaking to these people, and they're self-righteous because what they've been hearing from uh, these Pharisees is that they are supposed to be this good at this and that good at that. And because the law says this, you have to do this all the time, and you can't mess up ever, or you are just an evil person. And so they've been very mean to these people, and they've been very degrading. And so uh, in, in, in Matthew 20, sorry, 23, verse 4, Jesus says this, They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move with their finger. So what Jesus is saying is he's talking about the Pharisees. He's saying what they're doing, they are, they are putting the weight on these people and it's heavy and it's burdensome and they are making these people like drag their lives and be in torment and, 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 it's, and it's just painful. And what the thing is is that they're telling them all these wrong things but the Pharisees aren't doing anything to help them. And so Jesus comes forward and he says that you need to come to me. Don't go to them. Don't go to these teachings. Don't go to these people. Come to me. Because perfection is unobtainable. And so the first command we see is come to me. And the second command uh, we see in scripture is to take my yoke upon you. And so you're probably thinking, wait a minute. So you just said that I needed to come to Jesus. And what I'm doing is I'm giving my burdens over to him. And But now you're saying that I'm supposed to take on his yoke which sounds like more work. So here I am suffocating in this idea of trying to be, trying to be a perfect parent, trying to be a perfect husband or a wife, trying to be a perfect uh, college student, but, but I can't take on any more weight. And the fact is, is that Jesus, when he's talking about his yoke, he says, my yoke is easy and it's light. Whereas the Pharisees' yoke is heavy 
and it's burdensome, and it's painful. But you should come to me because my way is easy and it's light. And we think about going back to the oxen uh, analogy. What, what would happen back then is that they would have a, a, a smaller ox uh, attached to the plow or whatever, attached to the yoke. And it was a smaller, younger ox that didn't exactly know the, all the commands just yet. It wasn't actually strong enough to pull it by itself. And so what they would do is they would have a bigger ox, an older, more mature, a much stronger ox attached with the smaller ox who knew the commands, who was stronger and can pull it, to take the burden off of the young, smaller ox until it was bigger and old enough to do it by itself. And so Jesus is saying that you need to take my yoke upon you because I'm going to lead you. You see, the big ox took the weight off of the small ox. It gave it rest. And see, Jesus will take that weight off of you and give you rest, because that's what he says here in this passage. He says that the, the yoke of the Pharisees is extremely heavy and burdensome, but mine is easy and it's light. The yoke of the Pharisees says that you have to be perfect in all these areas. And my yoke says that I know you're not going to be perfect, but I'm going to extend grace and mercy and love towards you. The, the yoke of the Pharisees says that you have to pull all of the weight by yourself. And that the yoke of Jesus says that I've already pulled it for you. J.D. Greer, who is the author of this study, Ready to Launch, quotes in his book, he said, Most parents are thrilled when they learn they're expecting a child. However, it doesn't take long for the magnitude of what they're about to experience to sink in. All of a sudden, they realize the responsibility. For many, the idea of bearing this responsibility becomes an oppressive weight around their necks rather than the blessing it's intended to be. Parenting will only become a blessing when we realize that our identity isn't wrapped up in being a good parent or raising successful kids. Our identity is found in the truth that Jesus died in our place. And now, through faith, not works, we have become children of God. If these are the links God would take to make us His children, then we can be confident that He will faithfully lead us as parents. You see, when we take on the yoke of Jesus, we are accepting his pardon of sin. In Ephesians 1, it says that we were chosen and we were adopted as children of God. And in Romans, it says that we are going to receive an inheritance with Christ. Wouldn't you want Jesus to lead you as a parent? If God has gone through all this trouble to adopt you, to choose you, to create you in his own image, and to love you like he does, as a good, good father, would you not want him to lead you as a parent so that you don't have to carry the weight of being burdened by perfection? Because his yoke is easy and it's light. Now, you aren't going to be perfect. We aren't going to be perfect. But Jesus isn't asking you to be perfect. He just wants you to let him lead you. See, the Pharisees would say, you need to be perfect. You have to be. 
Jesus says, no, you don't. I love you and I have forgiven you and I will lead you. See, we need to find our identity in Christ and be faithful that he will lead us because perfection is unobtainable. So the first command was come to me. The second command was take my yoke upon you. And the third command we see in this passage is learn from me. Now, with a show of hands, I'm all about audience participation. So with a show of hands, raise your hand if you've ever said or heard the phrase, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yes. I remember that phrase a lot. (laughs) My parents would say that all the time. And Charles Stanley, uh, he tells the story of his son, Andy. They were going to church one night and uh, Charles was preaching and Andy had just gotten his driver's license. His son had just gotten his driver's license. So they thought, you know what, let's let Andy drive to church. So the speed limit, I believe, on the highway, uh, Charles said, was 55 miles per hour. But we were running a little bit late. So Andy, being a 16-year-old, just have his license, he, uh, he's doing 65 on the highway. And Charles looks over. He says, Andy, uh, I think we need to slow down, buddy. And Andy responds to his dad. He said, but dad, every time we run late, we're running late for church, you do 65. And so Charles said that he realized that he taught his son a lesson without even knowing it. I think we need to be able to answer the question, do our children pay more attention to our words or our actions? I believe it's our actions. They listen to both. Don't get me wrong. But they remember more in the long run your actions. My father who was an amazing, loving father. I don't remember the long conversations we would have on the car ride after a baseball game or the conversations we would have right before he disciplined me or any of those things. It's not about what he said that, that it has a spot in my heart and in my mind. What I remember most is how he treated me, my mom, and my sister around the house after a long day of work. What I remember is how he acted towards me when I had a bad baseball game or when I had a good baseball game. (laughs) Those are the things that I remember, the actions of my father, his mannerisms. And those are the things that are, are going to last longer with our children more than our words are. It's our actions. It's our love. And see, Jesus says that, that I am gentle and I am lonely, not lonely, lowly in heart. And he says that because these people, they've been running into these Pharisees who are not gentle and lowly in heart. They are, they're, they're stuck up, they're arrogant, and, and they believe that they're better than all these other people because they know the law and these people aren't following it. Doesn't sound like gentle and lowly in heart people. So Jesus says, look, this is how they are and this is how I am. I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. See, they judged you and thought they were better than you, but I'm not that way. But you see, the fact is, if we take on the yoke of Jesus, we won't be burdened down by this standard of perfection that we are inevitably going to fail. So in this third command, he says, learn from me. Well, what exactly are we learning? And we read in Scripture, and in this study, we see 
that what we are learning is, is how to make disciples. How to disciple our children. You see, because Jesus, he said, I am gentle and I am lowly in heart, but he never had to say, do as I say, not as I do, because whatever he said, he did. They were one and the same. We know that Jesus was gentle and lowly in heart, not because he said it here in Matthew 11, but because he lived it his entire life. That's how we know. And so we are supposed to mimic and be Christ-like to our children, and they can see those actions. Now, like I said, we are not going to be perfect. Perfection is unobtainable. But what they see, how you act, how you love, is what they are going to remember for the years to come. So what does this mean for you, for the parent in the room, for the college student? In this study, uh, J.D. Greer, who's the author, gives a few applications. I have three actions that we can take from this, three, just three actions. Number one, repent. Now, what are you, you're saying, like, that sounds pretty Pharisaic. That's something that the Pharisees would say, that you need to repent because you're not perfect. But you have to understand what you are repenting from what you are supposed to repent for is that you have been seeking your identity in striving for, for perfection to be a perfect parent or a perfect husband, a perfect wife, a perfect child, a perfect student, a perfect brother, a perfect sister, a perfect friend. If that's what you find your identity in, then that's wrong. We are supposed to find our identity in Jesus. Christ, the one who died for our sins, and the one who wants to lead us as we lead our children. The first action is to repent. The second is to lay down insecurities. Now, when you repent, you're still going to have struggles. You're still going to have those days where you just want to, and the the burden and the weight of all of it just come crashing down on you. And so what we have to do is we have to lay these burdens, to lay these these habits, these hangups, and all these things at the feet of Jesus. We have to give all of it to him because they're still going to weigh you down if you don't. And Jesus is saying is that you don't have to pull your own weight. You see, what we are giving him is our complete inability to obey God, and he is giving us his complete ability, ability to obey God. That's what he is giving us. Now think about parents with young kids who are in kids worship or in Bible fellowship and I think about the plans and the ideas that you have for them because I think about the plans and ideas that I'll have for my children and know that I'm not going to be perfect so what we do is we, we lay our children at the feet of Jesus and say you take care of him lead me to parent my kid, but you raise him the way you want him to be raised or her to be raised. So the first action is repent. The second action is to lay down insecurities. The third action is to redefine success. So to redefine success, we have to figure out what our definition of success is. What is our success for our kids? It's success for our kids that they grow up and meet the right spouse and that they have, they have an amazing marriage. Is it is that they grow up and they have a lot of money that they're wealthy and they're, and they're well taken care of? As a college student, 
Is your success like to pass your classes and to make great grades, to pass your Old Testament class? But if you're taking Pastor Lewis, then you won't pass it because I've seen his tests. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) What is your definition of success? There's nothing wrong with those goals. There's nothing wrong with seeing those as successes. But those goals are insignificant compared to the love and the grace and the mercy that Jesus Christ has shown us. And if you can live a life to teach your kid, your child, that Jesus loves them regardless of their insecurities, regardless of their flaws, and they remember that for the rest of their lives, that's success. If you're on a college team, if you can live a life that shows that Jesus has forgiven you and has shown mercy and grace upon you and loves you more than anything else, and one person gets it, that's success. I have a book here from Charles Stanley called Man of God. This book has been very influential for me as I've, as I've grown into adulthood. I've read this book, and I've, almost every page, every word is underlined or highlighted because this book is so good. And on this chapter in parenting, uh, Charles Stanley says this, All of us have been training our children positively or negatively since we first held them in our arms. We train them by what we did, how we did it, and what we said. You and your wife are the strongest influences in your child's life unless you forfeit your responsibility and and allow someone else to take over that role. Someone asked a little boy if he was a Christian, and he said, No, I'm not. My daddy's not one, and I'm just like him. That's a child's honest response to a very serious question. Sadly, our negative influence is picked up more quickly than our positive guidance. Boys and girls are going to be like their fathers and mothers. Whatever we want our children to be, they must see it as well as hear it from us. No pressure. That's hefty. That's a lot of responsibility. As someone who's not a parent yet, I felt that. It's a big responsibility. It's huge. And the weight of that, the weight of raising your children and trying to live perfectly can be so heavy and so burdensome that it will wear you out. So before it gets too heavy, before the weight is too much, before it is too burdensome, Jesus says, come to me. Before you can't stand it anymore, come to me. You're not going to be able to pull that yoke. Take mine. Take my yoke upon you. I want to lead you. You'll never never be this level of perfection. You'll never reach it. But that's okay. Because I love you. And I want to lead you. You're a good, good father. How perfect of a song. And I had, I had no idea 
that we were singing that song while I was writing the sermon. He is such a good, good father. So good that he sent his own son to die for you on the cross. To take the punishment, to take the weight of sin for you so that you didn't have to go through it. That's how much he loves you. And Ephesians 1 says that he chose you before the foundations of the earth. Before the foundations of the earth. How much love is that? If he loves me that much, then I know that he wants to lead me as a parent. So come to him. Take upon you his yoke and learn from him. Let's pray.